Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. That's the second time it's gone off. Never got home, they never got home, they never got home, those, those, those boys. That's... Yeah, they have asked for that, really. So you can laugh. I'm, I'm a little bit of an idealist. But having said that, I want to be like me. Thanks very much for joining us. This is Wednesday's Irish Times Second Captain's World Cup podcast, the morning after the match that I think has caused the most collateral damage of any by a mile in this tournament. Italy's manager gone. It's FA's president gone. Suarez presumably gone for the rest of this World Cup anyway. And poor old Chiellini's neck, yeah, very sore, I'd imagine, this morning. We certainly saw enough of it around the web last night and during the game itself. You may remember, I don't know if you do remember the David Hay-Vladimir Klitschko fight from two or three years ago, but David Hay lost in fairly ignominious circumstances and afterwards compounded the defeat by whipping off his boot and showing the world's media his sore little toe, which he claimed had prevented him from victory. Not since then do I remember a body part of a sports person being shown with quite such fervour in their defence. But I think there's probably a lot more sympathy for Chiellini than there was for David Hay at that moment. You may remember the conversation we had about Luis Suarez on yesterday's programme. Uh, I think Suarez had been a bit put out by his treatment at the hands of the English media. And Ken made the point that, you know, when you bite a fellow professional footballer for a second time, you probably have given up the right to take offence at some tasteless gags coming your direction. So we'll see what Ken thinks now. He was in the towel in the stadium. Let's get over there. Yeah, you can laugh. That was the World Cup. Ken, early, quite a night for you. How was it? Uh, uh, unbelievable. Uh, well, a night of complete confusion and chaos, Owen. Um, from the beginning... Uh, an ugly game, a really hideous game, the ugly side of football. Uruguay and Italy against each other, two of the world's great uh, cynical football nations, perhaps the, uh, the cynical champions of uh, their respective continents, going at it uh, in, an, in an eliminator. There could only be one. Uh, and in the end, it was Uruguay. But it's a bit of a pyrrhic victory for them because it looks as though Suarez is going to be I can't, I can't imagine that Suarez are going to be playing any more games in the World Cup. Okay, let's just describe what happened. So, mm-hmm. 
Suarez had not played that well. He's he's still, as he said yesterday, you know, not 100% fit, but sort of mind over matter and all that. Uh, he'd missed a good chance a few minutes before this uh, incident. Now, Giorgio Chiellini had uh, been playing central defence for Italy in a three-man defence, had been up against Suarez quite a lot, kicked him in like the first minute of the game, and uh, alternated between uh, brutalising uh, Suarez and then crying wolf to the referee about being elbowed. Pretty much every time there was, there was a, a set piece, you know, Chiellini was, was squealing to the referee. So, um, obviously, things weren't going that well between them on the pitch. They were, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a great display of sportsmanship on either side um, between Chiellini and Suarez. So, the 80th minute... There's a ball kind of coming into the area from the left. Suarez is going for it. Kalini kind of comes across him and blocks him. And Suarez goes for him. The same way that we saw. The same way that we saw with Ivanovic. The sort of head down, you know, moving himself, sort of burrowing in towards. And appears to bite him on the shoulder. <coughs> Excuse me. Kalini flails his arm around. They both go down. Suarez, though, is holding his teeth. Well, he's holding his face first. But then he's sort of gingerly rubbing his teeth afterwards. It's Kalini. Who, who rolls around the ground for it, suddenly gets up and starts screaming and running over to the referee and pulling his shirt down over his shoulder to indicate, and I thought, what, what's Kalini doing? I couldn't quite work out what he was doing. Is he showing the referee that Suarez has pulled his shirt, uh, that he's ripped his, he's pulled his shirt so hard that he's ripped it? I remember seeing there was a famous image of Zico in the 82 World Cup showing how, I think it was um, Claudio Gentile, uh, a, a sort of a, a great predecessor of Chiellini as an Italian defender had ripped the shirt off him and showing the referee the shirt. Is that, and that, that was the first thought that came to my mind and slowly then it dawned what had actually happened or what Chiellini was saying had really happened and I thought to myself I, I, I don't believe this is happening I, honestly I cannot believe I cannot believe that this is happening again <laughs> it's it's just it boggles the mind. And quickly, you're, and you're looking on Twitter, you can see then the vine. You're thinking, yeah, that's he's he's gone for him. It's it's exactly the same kind of thing. He's done it. And then the photograph appearing of Chiellini's uh, shoulder, which shows these little indentations <laughs> on his on his shoulder and his big angry face. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't, I, I just can't believe it. And so. Uh, you know, we're, you're thinking immediately then, is that a real photograph? I mean, the marks seem to be quite clear. Is it a real photograph? The question was whether the photograph was, had maybe been hastily photoshopped. But no, it's a Reuters photograph, hot off the Reuters presses. It's the genuine article. Uh, it appears to show uh, it appears to show buy marks. Now, what happened then on the field? The referee didn't do anything. The Italian players obviously surrounded the referee, killing each of the four. Everybody very angry. Uh, referee didn't do anything. Suarez kind of skulking around. Next minute, Uruguay get a corner, bangs it over from the right-hand side. Diego Godin heads it in. 1-0 to Uruguay. So everyone's head is scrambled. The Italians, are, 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 you, you can imagine the chaos in their defense. Uruguayans are celebrating. Suarez is kind of skulking around still. And I thought it was interesting that over the, over the next few minutes, he got the ball a couple of times. And I've never seen him cock things up so badly with the ball. I mean, it was just, they had a three-on-one break, Uruguay, to make it 2 nil. The ball's at the feet of Suarez. You think, this is definitely going to be a goal. Suarez is going to pass it to Cavani here or possibly score himself. But he didn't. He did neither of these things. He, was, he reminded me a bit of myself, Owen, <laughs> when I tried to over-elaborate, um, rolling my ball, rolling, rolling my, uh, my foot over the ball and, and taking too long and then falling over. I mean, it was pathetic uh, what he did. And I thought, hmm, he doesn't really look as though he's, he's, his head's in the game anymore. And then the final whistle went, the whole place goes, you know, like this. 
And the Uruguayan players, as you can imagine, are all running. They've just pulled off this incredible, uh, miraculous escape after losing 3-1 in the first game to Costa Rica. They're through. They've knocked out England. They've knocked out Italy. Uh, they've won both those matches. They all run to each other, run to celebrate uh, in, the, in the middle of their half. Except for one of them, he was lying down on his back uh, on the halfway line with his shirt sort of pulled up over his head in an attitude similar to what we saw from him at, Stamf- uh, at Selhurst Park, rather, uh, a couple of uh, few weeks back. Um, and Suarez didn't join in with this for a little while. Eventually, he kind of gets up and starts walking over. The players at this stage, I mean, we're talking about the whole squad, the, the substitutes and everyone. Uh, you know, they've all run on. Suarez kind of been lying there by himself. Then... The players all go up to their fans in the corner and they're there clapping. Suarez is walking over very slowly. I'm looking and I'm thinking, this is a guy who doesn't look as though he's as happy as everybody else. He's thinking to himself, oh dear, I might have caused myself a bit of trouble there. I might be in a little bit of trouble again. This is going to be quite a difficult one to explain. I don't know, and I'm speculating as to what was going on in his mind. I know that he did an interview. I could see him doing the interview on TV. I haven't seen the interview. Um, he didn't seem to address anything about it in the first interview, although... Obviously, everybody then was straight down to the mix. Oh, what's going to happen now? Uh, we have to see Suarez. And we want, We also want to see Chiellini. What's Chiellini going to say? So we hear then that Chiellini has told Italian TV, he's confirmed, yes, uh, I was bitten. And he said, um, yeah, you know, I was bitten. It was a clear red card. He should have been sent off. And then has challenged FIFA to, uh, to do something about it, to use video evidence against Suarez. And he said, FIFA, uh, FIFA want their stars. He's one of the stars. And FIFA want their stars in the World Cup. I want to see them use video evidence against this guy. You know, he gets away with it because of his status, but he shouldn't get away with it. Um, so that's what he had to say. Um, so everybody's waiting and waiting to see, uh, see Suarez, but no one was coming through the mix zone. It was bizarre. I've never waited so long for players to come through. So no Uruguayans, no Italians. It turned out the Italians later, later it seemed to emerge that Pirlo was in doping control and it took forever. Uh, and usually they just abandon the player in doping control and, and you know, he, he joins up later. But I think it was Pirlo's last match for Italy and the players all waited uh, back behind. I saw one report that Mario Balotelli hadn't waited. Well, I can tell you that he definitely did wait because he was the last Italian out of the group. I mean, I don't know, maybe he went and waited in a different room, but he was the last Italian out. So it wasn't a question of him going out to get in the bus before everyone else. Um, when the Italians came through, uh, they didn't really uh, speak much. Chiellini was there. He said, look, I've already said, I've, I've already spoken. You see, you see what my words are already. Buffon declined to answer any question about uh, Suarez. Uh, the players wouldn't say anything better. Prandelli, the manager who has resigned, mm. um, said in his press conference, I didn't see it. All, all I saw were the marks on Chiellini's shoulder. But obviously the one everyone's waiting to see is Suarez. First Uruguayan player was Muslera, the goalkeeper, uh, who talked for a while in Spanish with Uruguayan uh, reporters. I had no idea what he was uh, saying, unfortunately. Everyone's still waiting for Suarez, who eventually then appears, one of the first Uruguayan players to appear, in a dark suit, comes out through that door, and starts walking straight through. And you can imagine, it it reminded me a bit of, remember I was telling you about Ronaldo in the airport um, last week, the week before, the way that this big stampede formed rolling alongside where he's walking and and just waiting to see if he'd stop and talk to Uruguayan. He's he's kind of looking at Uruguayan journalists he obviously knows and sort of shaking his head, no, no, not going to talk. Keeps walking, keeps walking. And as he's gotten towards the end, it was like, it reminded me of a, a little bit of, I was telling you, the other week about seeing Cristiano Ronaldo at the airport and the way this rolling kind of stampede formed alongside him and was moving alongside parallel with Suarez as he goes through this windy corridor 
it's a sort of a windy corridor that's designed to create as much um, surface area between, or as much possible um, inter, interactive area, I suppose you could say. Imagine a sort of uh, crenellated, crenellated corridor, that's what it is, Owen. So it's kind of slightly farcical. Suarez is walking in this zigzag pattern through this, uh, through this corridor, refusing to speak. Uh, and people eventually realize, okay, he's not going to stop, so we're going to have to just shout the questions at him. And it's, you know, uh, Luis, you know, Luis, did you bite Chiellini? Luis, did you bite him? Did you bite him, Luis? Um, and you can see, Suarez, I mean, the questions are being, are being thrown at him from a couple of feet away. You know, it's, it's not as though he can't, he can pretend he doesn't hear them or doesn't understand. He's just kind of got his head down and, uh, and is kind of grinning nervously, I'd say. Um, you know, because he obviously doesn't want to stop and talk about this. Uh, I think, I mean, you're, you're looking at him and thinking, well, if he definitely didn't do it, quite easy to stop and say, look, what are you talking about? I didn't do it. It's crazy. Um, and he went through. Now, I saw then that he spoke. He, he had to stop in this television area beyond where we uh, were, and he didn't interview. And as far as I can make out, he seems to have said, these things happen in the penalty area. He's kind of, he's kind of dismissing it as just a, um, a clash between him and... Chiellini, uh, nothing, nothing special about it. Um, you know that seems to be his line in it. Now, the the, the Oscar Tabarez, the Uruguay manager, he uh, he said, uh, "Look, I didn't see anything. If I didn't see anything, I don't see how the ref could have seen anything." Uh, and he added that some sections of the media have a have an agenda against Luis Suarez, which you can you can imagine how that went down. Yeah, very but, specific. Uh, ben Smith of the BBC claimed that he had asked him a couple of the questions, and that Tabarez he felt Tabarez was speaking directly to him, saying that you have an agenda um, against me. So I, I don't know quite what the BBC or Ben Smith of the BBC has against Oscar Tabarez and English, Luis Suarez. English. That's it's 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 the idea of. of I think Tabarez is there addressing an English journalist. A journalist who talks to him in English, he's like, this is an English guy. Their media has got a problem with Luis Suarez. And I, I would imagine that is probably what he was driving at, rather than specifically yeah. uh, Ben Smith, who I, <laughs> who I don't think has been, has been out brandishing any pitchforks about Luis Suarez uh, over the years. Um, uh, he, ben Smith works for the BBC. But what I was going to say was that the, the, most, um, the biggest defense of Suarez has been mounted by Diego Lugano, who spoke in Spanish, not in English. Um, but according to the European journalists, um, what Lugano said, and his quote is quite interesting, um, I'll give it to you now. Um, what did you see? You saw it? Really? You need to show me because I didn't see anything. Did you see it today? Or did you see what happened in other years? You couldn't have seen it today because nothing happened. The worst of everything is the attitude of Chiellini. He's a great sportsman, but it doesn't fit with the image of Italian football to have a sportsman leaving the field crying and making claims against the rival. So, um, on the one hand, it's a sort of, do you want to take the blue pill or the red pill uh, from Diego Lugano? He's, he appears to be living a parallel reality for the rest of us. There's nothing happened. I mean, you can see on the, a lot of things are suggesting that something did happen out there. Chiellini says it happened. He's got these marks on his uh, shoulder. And the footage makes it look rather as though Suarez bit him. Uh, and we know that Suarez has bit uh, two players. <laughs> like, as far as this would be the third time he's bitten a guy on the field, third time in the last four years. And Lugano is actually in a nice piece of judo using that to undermine the credibility of, of this argument that he's done it again because he's saying, we think he's done it again because he's done it before, 
uh, that that's affecting our perception of what's happened. Someone put this in, but, but um, do you think he does appear to have those marks on his shoulder? And Lugano suggested, well, uh, he said, yeah, I think you'd have to be very silly to, to think that they were made today. They're probably old marks. So I don't know if, if the idea was Chiellini, uh, maybe Chiellini did this to himself last night. Uh, maybe he realized, oh, hang on, I've got those old vaccination scars. I can use these to, to stitch up uh, Lewis Suarez. I, I don't know exactly what Diego Lugano wants us to believe, but one way or the other, uh, he's saying, I, I don't think that those marks had anything to do as far as his teeth. Uh, you're all, essentially, you, you, you all think that he's done this. You know, it's a, you can, you know Uruguayans closing ranks, essentially, around this guy. This guy is their, is their champion. He's their, he's their inspiration. He's the guy who gives them a, a puncher's chance against far superior teams. Although, uh, they got past Italy today, who I still think are a far superior team. And they got, they got through them. They got past Italy, not thanks to Luis Suarez. They do know how important he's going to be or how, how important he would be for them in the rest of the World Cup. So obviously they're, they're going to try and do everything they can to keep him in the team. They got past Italy. As you said, they might, Ken. I should mention yesterday's podcast. You just thought Italy, mm, the, the, the attitude mightn't be 100% where it should be. But I want to stick with Suarez because you've been at a lot of these major tournaments now and you've covered a lot of games. But it sounds like... This event, more so than the game, it just sounds like a staggering thing to cover. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where the first problem is almost overcoming your disbelief. It, is this really happening? Can I really be sure that what I'm seeing here is true? Uh, and then all the confusion over, well, over you know, who's saying what. You can't obviously be in more than one place at one time. So you're trying to find out what Prandelli said in his press conference. You know, why has nobody come through this mix zone yet? Uh, is there anybody who can tell me what these uh, Uruguayan players are saying in Spanish? You know, so there's, there's a kind of a lot of confusion uh, and chaos going on. The main thing that was just, really, is this, uh, I can't believe it. But, you know, another thing was, what, what's FIFA's view on this? Why, uh, what's the maximum punishment that they can, that they can um, uh, potentially impose upon Suarez if they were to uh, investigate or if they were to find him guilty. I think the maximum punishment is 24 matches. 24 international matches, I think that is, which I guess in, in practice would equate to more than a two-year ban from international football, given the frequency of, of uh, matches at that level. As to whether it could be a ban that was a more all-encompassing ban, both international and club matches, um, to be honest, I haven't been able to establish that. I'm sure we'll be able to. I'm sure that will uh, become clear in time. I mean, FIFA clearly have the power to ban an individual from all forms of football, but whether they would do it over something like this, an on-field disciplinary offence, I'm not really sure. Usually, in cases where you know a player gets a red card or does something bad, you know, I remember Leonardo in the World Cup of '94 smashed in the face of Tab Ramos. You know, an act arguably more violent, uh, although not as weird as what uh, Luis Suarez did today or, or is alleged by Chiellini to have done. So, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, in that case, Leonardo's ban applied to international football. So I, I would guess a ban would apply to international football for Suarez. As to whether there will be a ban, we don't know. But just that, that he would be capable of doing this yeah. again. Only before the, 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 the day before the match, he'd been talking about um, he, he's been talking about how people are laughing at him, people making fun of him in the English media, and it turns out that this has to do with this, um, well, as far as we can ascertain, it seems to be his annoyance at this cover of The Sun, where they had uh, photoshopped up uh, players, including his teammates Daniel Sturridge and, and Raheem Sterling, 
as having these big, uh, you know, massive fangs uh, and there's let's eat Suarez uh, up or, you know, that's whatever the headline was. And he didn't like this. And he thought, mm, this is disrespectful and they're making fun of me. And, huh, I'd just like to ask those people, what do they take now? You know what I mean? But, but and then he goes and does it in the very next match. It's, it's just, it's farcical. This is the, this is the disaster for, for Suarez because whatever the punishment is, if there is going to be a punishment, Whatever the punishment of the FIFA is, and you know he'll miss the World Cup, and, and that'll be terrible. Once again, you know he, Uruguay are going to be, you know, playing the World Cup without him. Although the last time they had him to thank for the fact that they had an extra match to play, uh, or an extra, uh, yeah, an extra match it was a semi-final. In this instance, um, it's a, you know it's a different one. It's a sadder case, and I think the the real punishment for him here is that he's made him, himself into a farcical figure. He is the player who bites other players. It doesn't matter really what he does. It doesn't matter what he achieves on the field now. I mean, whether he stays at Liverpool, whether he goes to Barcelona or Real Madrid, how many goals he scores. I mean, he scored some great goals. You know, you think back to the things that he's done for Liverpool. You know, he's been the player of the year there. You know, the goal against Newcastle that he scored, drags it a long ball out of the sky, kind of dribbles it around the goalkeeper. He's done unbelievable things on the field. And the only thing that he will be remembered for is biting people. It's incredible. And that's why I'd love to know, you, you said that you were veering inside the head of Luis Suarez earlier on. Well, that's what everybody is doing around the world at the moment and nobody knows quite what to make of it or what to make of him. But I wonder, was he, did he react in the way that he did? Did, did You talked about the impending doom that he seemed to realise was there. I wonder, was that about missing the rest of the World Cup or was it him thinking, look, I've got a problem here and... I, I thought I had curbed it. And maybe genuinely he believed he wasn't ever going to bite anybody again. Now it's happened. Now he has to face his family and face everybody. And, and maybe it could be a more human reaction than, uh, than actually the reaction of a competitor who's going to miss the rest of the tournament. I don't know. Oh, abso- abso- yeah. absolutely. I think so. I think so, really. Because, I mean, on one level, there's the professional professional disappointment you know he's been working for however long to get to the world cup you know he's been he's been playing through this injury to be here in the world cup he did this thing against england which was a transcendent moment in the history of uruguayan football Uh, you know he was chaired onto the field by his teammates like diego maradona and it goes from that to this in the space of four or five days and then he's got to go and talk to his wife he's got to talk to his daughter He's got to talk to his in-laws. And, of course, they're all going to be, I don't know, I don't know how his, what his relationship is with his in-laws. I'm not going to pretend to have any inside knowledge there. I'm just imagining myself in that situation. <laughs> For the third time, I've been, say, say I, don't, I, don't, I don't do it in the World Cup or, or on television, which is being watched by millions. I just do it on the bus. Say, I've got a problem where every so often I'm on the bus and I, I suddenly turn around and bite someone, right? Yeah, yeah. The police have a, the police keep, um, keep warning me for it. Eventually, you know, I get, I get fined or I don't know what the punishment even is for biting people. You rarely hear of it, hear of it. I'd probably, I'd probably go to jail. I, I suppose if I did it a third time, I'm just imagining, uh, sitting down with my mother and father-in-law and saying, Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Um, well, the truth was, I, I was just overcome by uh, by a moment of um, of, of anger, and, and, uh, and the long and short of it is, I, I suppose I turned around, and I, I bit the, the passenger next to me in the face, <laughs> you know, and they'd be kind of looking at me, and much as much as I'm sure they they might have sympathy with me and think to themselves, you know, the guy's obviously got a bit of a problem. I couldn't help but feel that there was some judgment going on, 
um, that they were, I couldn't help but feel that they'd be a little bit disappointed in, in me. Uh, and, and part of me would wonder if, if part of them was thinking if their daughter couldn't have maybe done a little bit better <laughs> with themselves. Ken, you know, so that's... Yeah. I'm sorry to cut across you, Ken. Yeah, that, that is a... It, it's a part of it that I suppose everybody has to think about. Louis Suarez will have to face the in-laws at some point. But listen, you have been gauging reaction in the media centre there. You spoke to uh, a member of the Uruguayan press pack. Yes, so, and his name was Santiago Pelicer, and he works for Canal Diez in Uruguay. Uh, Santiago, I, I saw a lot of the Uruguayan players stopped uh, and spoke to the Uruguayan journalists. Did any of them speak about Suarez? I don't really know. Our our journalists couldn't, but the rest of the team, yeah, they they always speak with the with the journalists. What do you think happened? I don't really know it. What happened? You don't think it looked a bit like Suarez bit Chiellini? I was in the stadium. I I didn't really see anything. Uh, now people send photos, and I, I don't really know if it was intention with intention or casual. Yeah, I know. Uh, Diego Lugano said um, the marks on Kilini's shoulder were old marks. <laughs> Maybe, who knows it? <laughs> uh, if Suarez is, is so, somebody tell me it was Photoshop. No, the, the no. photo- <laughs> it's a photo from Reuters. Uh. Um, if Suarez was to miss the next match or the next couple of matches, that's a serious problem for Uruguay. Yeah, that, but we won't judge him. Yeah. Uh, we know who is Luis Suarez. He's that. He 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 leaves everything in the in the field. Yeah. He when this happened with him before with Ajax and with Liverpool. What did people in Uruguay think? I mean, people in England, as you know, were, were critical of him in Uruguay. Nobody likes it. Nobody. Who would like somebody beating another person? Nobody. But everybody have failed in the in the life. Sometimes Suarez fails. Yeah. Only sometimes. Not on the field. <laughs> Not so much on the field. Not so much in the field. The victory today was incredible, but did you did you expect it? I, I must say, after 20 minutes, I thought Italy have a serious problem in this match. Um, it was incredible, really. We we have won two champions of the world, England and Italy, consecutive. Uh, after losing our first game with Costa Rica, that in the papers uh, it was like the easier game, but. Me and my partners, we are, we were like confident with this team and this match. We maybe it was easier than than what we have imagined, but we have a lot of good players. Uh, Italy, I think, is not the best Italy in the 20 years. So it, it wasn't impossible. The last question is. Uh if Suarez does get banned, if they say that he's guilty and this would have happened then in the shirt of Uruguay in the World Cup, what do you think Uruguayans will think? Will, will some of them say, this man should never play for Uruguay again? Will there be anybody saying that? Yes, I think in the world there are people, uh, wherever you are, 
there are people that would think like that. I don't think like that. I think Luis Suarez makes uh, more than he can for for our team. Sometimes he he can handle the situation and he and he fails. But I won't judge him. Santiago Pelicer there, Ken, um, from Canal Diaz in Uruguay. It certainly sounds well. If Santiago is anything to go by, they're not gonna. They're not going to throw, um, what's the phrase? It's been used quite a lot lately. They're not going to throw Suarez under the bus there in Uruguay. No, he's too special to, to go under that bus. Uh, he's, the, the, when you get down to it, Owen, the bare bones, when you get, strip this right down to the bare bones, Luis Suarez is too good at football to be thrown under any buses for at least the next four years. Um, and that's, uh, when you boil it right down, that's, that's, that's what you're left with. Um, you know, I suppose what Santiago was saying there was we should, you know, we should resist the urge to condemn. We should resist the urge to be sanctimonious. It's easy to be sanctimonious, Owen. Uh, it's often very satisfying. It gives us a tremendous uh, thrill uh, of superiority to be, to be sanctimonious, to condemn. Uh, but as he said, Luis Suarez, he goes out there, he gives it everything, and sometimes he fails. <clears throat> of course, the unspoken part of what... Um, of, of what Santiago was saying there. Was that the thing that Suarez often fails to do is to not bite somebody, which most players have a really high success rate in. I mean, uh, most players almost never fail in that particular test of the game. And this is the third time. This is the third time with Suarez. So, you know, I mean, as to ultimately what's going to happen, oh, what would, what would be the appropriate punishment? I mean, he's already served 17 matches for of suspension for biting in two separate instances. 17 matches. It's a huge, it's a huge uh, spell out of the game. Um, I guess he's going to miss the, the rest of the World Cup. I mean, because I suppose, what do you do? Do you keep increasing the ban? I mean, it's not as though the bans work. You know what I mean? Are you talking about rehabilitation or punishment? I guess there has to be, in a, there, there certainly has to be an element of punishment. Is, is rehabilitation, should rehabilitation be part of it? I don't know. I mean, was he supposed to have, have, have done a bit of that after the, 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 the most recent one with Liverpool? I, I'm not sure. I guess he misses the, the rest of the World Cup. I can't really see how FIFA can impose a lesser ban. The two bans so far have been seven matches in ten. If they were to impose a seven-match ban, which was the lesser of the two, that would rule him out of the rest of the World Cup, certainly. Uh, I think he can go up to 24 matches. That would seem to me to be a little bit excessive. Uh, on the other hand, uh, I'm sure there are people who... Who, who wouldn't see it that way because, you know, if you've got someone who's a repeat offender, well, I guess there are people who would take the, who would take the view, this guy shouldn't be, shouldn't be allowed in the game. He's, he's shown himself to, be, to, to behave in a way which isn't, which isn't fit to share the pitch with other players. Now, I, I would consider that to be somewhat sanctimonious view. You know, I don't think that you should ever have that attitude that this, you know, you know, no more. This guy is, is, is beyond the pale now completely. I mean, I think that there's obviously a problem here. It's not like a normal type of bad behavior. There's something wrong that he really needs to sort out. I mean, that's, there's nothing, you know, I mean, there are players who are, who are sort of a little bit recidivist. There's, you know, I think of somebody like Lee Hattermole, you know, or Alan Smith, these guys who would get who pick up a lot of red cards, stupid red cards, um, going in too hard on guys, going in violently. Um, it was still orthodox sort of violence. There's just something so weird about this. 
And when you consider how damaging it has been to his career, how many matches he's, he's been suspended, how he's become a sort of a, a joke figure among many. And this is the thing that he was obviously complaining about just the day before. He takes this to heart. He, he, finds, it, he finds it intensely um, annoying to be laughed at, to be this figure of farce. But to go and do it again, it's so just insanely self-destructive. Uh, it's, it, you know, that, that you can see there's not, it's not, some, it's not some kind of rational process that's going on here. It's not even just normal recklessness. There's something else going on, which he needs to be helped with. I mean, unless, unless you want to have the, the attitude, lock him up and throw away the key, you know, I would hope that we've maybe moved on from that type of attitude. But there's something, something isn't right there. I'm sure he's got to get punished. Um, but after that happens, you know, we need to reach out to him and, and, and give him a shoulder to cry on and hope he, you know, <laughs> hope that the, uh, the thing that we're, we're secretly worried about as we draw him close and rest his head against our shoulder, the thing that we're secretly worried he's going to do, that he doesn't do. Well, I should probably give a token mention to the other stories from yesterday. England drawing with Costa Rica and their supporters giving them a nice send-off. They didn't seem to be... It wasn't quite as raucous as Ireland at Euro 2012, but it did seem that the fans were sticking behind the English team. Greece, even Greece are somewhat exciting. Well, they were in the end of this game. Samaras penalties so they're the next opponents for Costa Rica, which is a rather um, bizarre pairing that not many were expecting. Uruguay are going to face uh, Colombia next. Colombia hammered Japan 4-1 in the end. And today's games, Nigeria, Argentina and Bosnia, Iran in Group F. Um, well, Iran really need a thumping victory in their game to have any realistic chance and that may happen because Bosnia could be a little bit disheartened uh, Honduras, Switzerland and Ecuador, France is the last group to mention France obviously and it's all about Ecuador and Switzerland there they're both on three points with a uh, slightly better goal difference for Ecuador so uh, we'll see what happens in that one but I think we're going to have to leave it for there Ken uh, amazing stuff that you witnessed last night and thanks so much for talking to us today we'll chat to you chat to you tomorrow thanks a million I'll talk to you soon thanks for listening and we'll chat to you That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.